Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, this is Susan Inside Yorkshire. Now today I'm talking to Stuart Leahy who is the founder of Yorkshire Powerhouse and Powerhouse Networking. But first of all, Stuart, I'd just like to talk to you a bit about your background. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm often uh, accused of not being a very broad Yorkshire. Right. Uh, but you, so, are, yeah, you are from Yorkshire. I, I, I definitely qualify as proper Yorkshire. So I was, I was born in Wakefield. Um, uh, my mum is a, a Yorkshire woman through and through. Uh, matriarchal uh, uh, of sorts. Uh, my parents lived in Woodlesford near Leeds uh, in my early life uh, and my grandparents were in Crossgates but actually the family come from Huddersfield and the Home Valley uh, area, Honley in particular. Um, uh, but my dad's job uh, took us to Northampton, uh, just sort of about 50 miles north of London. So I ended up not really having a very broad Yorkshire accent uh, but not having a very southern accent. So all the southerners think I'm Yorkshire and all the Yorkshire folk think I'm southern. Uh, and I, I sort of sit very firmly in the middle, not really caring, uh, which is a, a good proper Yorkshire <laughs> attitude to bring. Um, apparently after too much alcohol, I end up quite broad. Uh, but I, I could definitely play cricket for Yorkshire. Oh, well, that's good. I have I have two sons, one who was born in Australia and one who was born here in Yorkshire. So I have one who could play for, could play for Yorkshire, but and one who clearly can't because he was born in the wrong no, country. That's definitely not allowed. No, uh, but it, no. I, I, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, I don't play cricket. So that so that's probably a blessing that I haven't even tried. Yes. So, Stuart, then what what business were you in? Because now that you're running the the Yorkshire Powerhouse, I'm curious to know what business you were involved in prior to that. Um. So I. Uh, when I was very young and, and left school, uh, I uh, bumbled from job to job, didn't really have a clear vision of what I wanted to do. Uh, and I ended up bumbling into an American telesales uh, environment. Uh, and it turns out I'm supposed to be a salesman. And uh, so if you've seen the film The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, I thought that was a documentary. I thought that was sort of just how it was. Uh, and, and so that was how I was brought up. In, uh, it was a, a proper, horrible American telesales environment where you had mm -hmm. to stand on cha uh, chairs and tables and, and recite certain things. And it, it was truly awful. Um, and I learned two things from that first uh, environment. And one is that when I'm in a training environment and someone says, stand on the table and quack like a duck, I'm really good at duck quacking. Um, <laughs> so it turns out. Um, the other thing that I learned, and I don't really know how I learned this, but was the second you walked out the door of the training room and you went and, and actually spoke to customers, you didn't do any of the sales techniques that they were teaching you. Um, and you just spoke to people and you used these things and you listened and uh, you, you absorbed information and then you learned and you, you spoke with people nicely. And that, So I became... Uh, a challenge for that uh, company because I, I did rather well uh, in making sales, but I wasn't doing it the way they wanted me to. Uh, so I was there for a few years, but I've never really uh, was anything other than a square peg 
uh, trying to be forced into a, a round hole. So um, I, I moved on and, and uh, eventually worked in what I would call a proper environment that, that was uh, non-American. Uh, and I, I was doing professional sales. Uh, and the guy that I was working for was an evil German uh, called Michael Klutentrater. Uh, and he made me go and study marketing. Uh, and it was the best thing he ever did because I realized that actually I fell in love with marketing. Uh, and I, I studied it up to the, the uh, degree qualification uh, and just adored it. I, I realized that um, marketing and selling are, are two sides of the same coin. Um, that marketing is about pulling customers to you and selling is about knocking them over when they're there. And I enjoyed the process of understanding how to market much more than I enjoyed the process of making a sale, but I recognized the importance of doing both. Um, mm. So I became a bit weird. I became a marketeer who really appreciated selling. Um, and that's a, a bit of a, a rare thing. Um, and then eventually uh, I bumbled along uh, and, and landed up in uh, being a, a web designer in Yorkshire and, and set up as a sole trader uh, way back 20 plus years ago now. Um, and just to be clear, I'm not a, a technical coder and I'm not a graphic designer, but at the time, uh, being a web designer was fairly straightforward. And, and so I, I, I was uh, a fairly straightforward web designer for small and, and medium-sized business who just needed a, a simple website. Uh, that business, uh, over 20-odd years, that merged, grew, uh, organically evolved into a marketing agency. Uh, and in the end, we specialised in uh, targeting manufacturers and engineers. Uh, we did very well. We, we worked with our customers um, more as if we were growth consultants than, than graphic designers and web designers. Um, and because the end result of what we were doing for them was to help them make sales. Uh, and so that was my core business is sort of owning and running a designer marketing agency. Uh, and then three years ago in 2017, I, I was very fortunate. I managed to uh, sell, sell my shares to the guys that work with me. Uh, and I did a, a very nice uh, exit away from the business and allowed them to take it and move it forwards in their direction. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that positioned me into semi-retirement. So I needed something to do, and Yorkshire Powerhouse was it. Yes, well, uh, their losses are a gain, I think. Um, I, I noticed that um, that you'd actually said, I, th I think, correct me if I've got this wrong, that the name Yorkshire Powerhouse came from the, was it the speech that George Osborne made yeah. about the, the North needing a Northern Powerhouse? Well, you've uh, niched it into a Yorkshire Powerhouse, which is a really good title. Well, there was, um, I didn't rush into the Yorkshire Powerhouse project. Um, and I, I, I didn't rush away from exiting the, the previous business. So I was very fortunate and I had plenty of time to, to think about it and strategize uh, and work out what I wanted to do. Uh, and so I was able to, to do a bit of a vanity project and go for the things I love. And, and what do Yorkshire folk love if it's not Yorkshire? Um, so uh, Yorkshire gave me the geography because I didn't want to go bigger than Yorkshire and Yorkshire is big enough without question. Um, I absolutely wanted to do something that worked with small business and, and startup businesses because I, I adore the energy and the passion you get from, from small business owners. 
I'm not a corporate man. I, I don't uh, particularly wear suits and ties particularly well. And um, so I, I knew I wanted to do something. I loved the name of the powerhouse, the Northern Powerhouse. It was a great name. But after three years, because uh, George Osborne started talking about Northern Powerhouse back in 2014, I think it was. Mm. And um, the truth is, uh, to a small business person, the Northern Powerhouse hasn't done anything yet. Um, no. They keep talking about train sets and you know high-speed rail and things like that, and that's great. And, and some of the big infrastructure projects that they get involved in are really valuable to the region. But actually, for, for me, I believe that the, the, the power of enterprise, of, of small businesses, is actually much more powerful than, small, than, than large infrastructure projects. Um, and so, but I'm frustrated that the Northern Powerhouse aren't doing anything about that. Uh, they're mm. focusing on the large projects and that they almost devolve anything that's small business to others. Um, and you go, but it's such a good name. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I sort of uh, openly went, that's a great name. I wonder if they'll mind. And they, they didn't seem to because I've trademarked it since and they didn't object. Oh, good. So, yeah, there we go. No. I know that um, you said that you've been frustrated by the lack of support that small businesses have and the number of um, business failures in Yorkshire yeah. compared to other regions. What do you put that down to? Uh, the, I think there's... A number of things. Small business uh, enterprise generally shouldn't need cash handouts. Uh, they always want them. There's no question. The, the number one search I get on the website is for grants for startups. Um, and every startup assumes that there must be grants out there for them. Uh, I have a, a slightly different take on grants because grants make you um, subservient to, to following uh, ticking boxes and, and doing things in a certain way whereas actually a small business shouldn't need a grant if it's worth doing and, and worth doing well you should be able to launch it and fund it without needing too much cash um, so there isn't in my opinion a lot of support out there for truly small businesses uh, and the support that is out there is focused totally on trying to hand out cash which doesn't serve any purpose so i'm frustrated by that because i I think it's a a misguided uh route i'd much rather see an agency that is focused totally on providing advice and is there to help company owners or business owners or entrepreneurs find profitable ways to run a business or to increase profits and and to then take on their their first or, or second members of staff and to do it in a really nice way but I, I just don't accept that there needs to be cash handouts for that. Uh, the time is more important. And to be able to give someone experience and time and support is what is lacking in the uh, marketplace. Um, and it's frustrating because in, in the 2018, I think it was, there were 24,000 uh, deaths, company deaths. In other words, the companies went bump there were only 23,000 births. That means that we're on a negative figure uh, for Mm. the number of small businesses. And it just seems a a terrible waste because no one sets up in business with the intention of failing. And if they are failing, there's almost always only one reason. It's because they're not making profit and not realising the profit that they think they're making. Um, And these are easy, simple 
fundamental things that we don't seem to provide advice on. So, uh, yeah, I get frustrated by it. There are a few businesses that are unfortunately just not uh, ever going to be profitable because the business owner doesn't have enough skill or experience or, or a good enough idea. Uh, but they're different. They tend not to get off the ground very well. Um, whereas the, the business failures that, that are reported are, tend to be businesses that have been established a little bit longer and, and unfortunately have just run out of cash. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that this, the, the government, the local regional governments, the individual councils, I think we could all do so much more if we all came together and just put some effort behind giving good advice as opposed to trying to hand cash out for specific projects. Mm. There used to be, and I'm thinking back now, maybe 15, more than 15, maybe 20 years ago at my age, um, there used to be a company called, um, I think it was government funded, Business Link. Yeah. And they used to, they didn't deal out with, they didn't deal in grants. They actually dealt, as you're saying, business advice, how to do your accounts and things like that. Well, Susan, the, the truth is Business Link, um, uh, Business Link actually was folded 10 years ago in the last main recession. Uh, and Business Link as a, a thing was government funded, uh, but it was funded through uh, contracts. And so different, different regions uh, had different providers of Business Link services. Um, and at the core of Business Link, the, the original model was based on trying to recruit ex-bank managers, ex-accountants or semi-retired people who have been in business, run their own businesses or or had uh, skills and and, uh, experience in the financial world to provide uh, some consultancy and some support to small businesses. That was the original founding uh, concept. Um, One of the things they did very well uh, that I'd love to see again is they they used to run six workshops uh, for startup or pre-start businesses. Mm-hmm. And they were really good because they were very straightforward. Uh, they, one was on marketing, one was on finance, one was on compliance. Uh, and they just took you through the basics of what you had to do to run a business. Uh, unfortunately, all that got taken away 10 years ago. Um, and also, unfortunately, uh, a lot of the projects that, that different business links got involved in some of them in some regions were absolutely about handing out grants. Mm. Uh, and as soon as they started doing that, certainly where, where I'm based in Kirklees, mm. they were definitely uh, doing grant provision. And, and it it was frustratingly woeful at the time because you could just see both as a, a, a potential recipient of the grant and also as a potential supplier of services, that the system was being abused um, by people uh, milking it for the cash and milking it for for the the easy times, mm. and it, it was very frustrating because um, you, you just see the money going down the pan, and this is the problem with cash handouts: it, is as soon as it's it's cash handouts, uh, it gets abused, and, and there's no point in doing a government-based system that's being abused. Um, so, so I, I want to approach things a bit more positively, so that you know that sure we have information on grants. Uh, but the truth is I'd much rather see a business launch without the need for a grant because mm. they're a stronger business and they're more capable of proving their worth uh, and staying in business. If a grant is needed, it's normally not a positive sign uh, for starting a business. So, uh, you know, I'm a grumpy old sod. Uh, I don't approve <laughs> grants for startups. 
No, okay. Well, I noticed from the uh, the powerhouse information that um, that you sent. Well, that you you send the links. You you make the links available so that we can anyone who's interested can actually uh, have a look at it. And I know you sent me some additional information that there's a lot that you that you do provide you provide a lot of free and it's free information as right. you said the two words that um <laughs> that that yorkshire people the, the two favorite words um yorkshire free and yorkshire <laughs> so there's there is a lot there well the, the concept of the the model that i put together was uh what does a small business person need to to either launch or grow their business and, and the basics for that, if you're actually going to do it properly and well, you need to actually have information and some sort of plan. And ideally, that plan should be quite high-level strategy rather than just a, a fag packet. Um, so the, the, the reason you need the information is because a lot of small business owners have never actually been taught how to run a business. I, I haven't. You know, I, I've done some studying on marketing and I did a, bit of, a, a business studies course. Um, but that I think I was quite unusual to even have that. And, and I certainly haven't done an MBA, and not many people have, and I'm not even sure it would benefit many people. Um, the truth is, we don't need a lot of information. We just need the right bit of information at the right time. Uh, and if you're doing a business plan and preparing a plan, the only time you really need to understand about, say, uh, SWOT analysis is at the point where you are looking at your strengths and your weaknesses and your opportunities and your threats and you're working out how to balance it all. Once you've got past that, it's always helpful to look back on your, your, your plan on a regular basis to check you're still on course. But you don't need to remember what SWOT stands for. You've gone past that and you've moved on. So the idea of the, the website that I've put together is there's about 250-odd pages of information. And we, we break it down across... Um, planning, finance, marketing, growth, and coaching and mentoring. Uh, and all the information is uh, under the, the banner of Yorkshire Powerhouse, which therefore means it's blunt, it's straight talking, and it does actually give advice. Um, it's not there to sell anyone's product. There are sponsors of the site, but the information that we provide in the advice is all independent. Um, and then what we've also prepared is a series of, of uh, resources that people can have for free that are things like business plan templates, cash flow templates, growth plans, non-disclosure agreements, uh, terms and conditions, things like that, that, that just help people get a, a decent platform so that they can start the process themselves and they can access the information. And all of that is all free. With, there's no paywall, there's no interest in, in creating a, an income from that because the project isn't there to generate cash. It's there to provide good quality information so that we can provide quality enterprise and quality skilled entrepreneurs into the Yorkshire market. That's the goal. So the, well, Yorkshire Powerhouse in, in itself, then, I, I saw you said is non-profit making. You, you put all the money back into <laughs> Yes, back I'm into very marketing. successfully not making a profit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's one yes. of my best skills, yeah. One I'm, of your best I, skills. <laughs> I'm, qu I'm quite good at that, too, with my podcasting, yeah. believe it, me. Yes, exactly, yeah. It's, it's a good <laughs> skill to have. Anyway, there are, I, I know I asked about membership, but there isn't a membership yeah. fee. Uh, no. We're just we're just users who are there and actually um, taking part in whatever is is offered. 
yes, which is, a, is interesting because other yeah. people run it a different way. Oh, sure. I, it, it would be easy to try to, to operate as a commercial venture and to try to charge uh, a subscription fee or a, a membership fee and things like that. But as soon as you put a barrier in the way, um, what you're also doing is not only is it a, an actual barrier to people moving forwards, but it, it creates that cynical um, perception. So people not only look at it and go, Ugh, there's a, a, I have to now pay to get the extra bit of information, but they look at it and go, I'm not going to recommend it. And mm. those two things conspire to make it a pointless exercise. Uh, to me, it's better to offer it for free because I'm not trying to make money out of giving that information away. Um, the, the, there are elements of what I'm doing that generate income but the income they generate is is only channeled back to the project to promote the project, uh, to pay for the expenses of, of running it, um, to uh, support the the marketing that we do. Um, it's not to to make some fat cat director mm. uh, a bigger dividend payment. That's not its purpose in life. Mm. And your purpose, really, well, my understanding of it. Correct me if I'm wrong is to connect people basically to connect businesses and obviously provide all the information but it's um driving up connections between businesses then yeah. they can then they can mutually support one another i've experienced that myself just with two um two zoom networking meetings that i've taken part in and you do make good connections through it yeah, well, definitely recommended yeah. <laughs> thank you the the thinking um over the 20 odd years that I've been uh, in Yorkshire trading as a, a, a business owner, uh, the number one route to market has been through networking, through knowing people and being referred and recommended. And, and um, uh, that's the main route to market. And certainly over the years, whenever I was working with a new client, I would often ask them where their business came from, where did they get business from? And, and word of mouth is almost always front and centre on that list. Um, so networking and connecting people and being that, that hub of connections and good quality people has always been uh, an important element for me. And, and so over the years, I've been a member of all major networking organisations. And I, I think they've all got a place and they've all got value, uh, depending on where you are in your business at the time. So when I started doing Yorkshire Powerhouse, um, in the early days, the idea was, let's go and find a few sponsors, um, an accountant to sponsor the finance area and a, you know, a, a graphic designer to sponsor a bit of the marketing area and things like that. And their uh, sponsorship can fund the project. And I very quickly realized that the more I could gain in terms of investment into the project, the more I could promote it and the more traffic I could drive to the side, the more people I could have. Um, so over the years, I've, I've enhanced it from just the sponsorship uh, into running an online directory. So I, I very modestly titled The Great Yorkshire Directory, because uh, we, we don't do things subtly here. Uh, so uh, we, we've got a directory of really good people, uh, and, and you know they pay a modest amount. It's like a tenner a month. It's for nothing, mm -hmm. really. Um, but they get a great listing and a great uh, profile uh, as part of the project. Um, 
And then recently, uh, in the last six months, I started running physical networking meetings where we were gathering over lunch and, and driving uh, really good quality people to, to face-to-face conversations and, and get to know each other. Uh, but of course, with the current coronavirus crisis, that's killed all that because uh, you can't have face-to-face meetings anymore. Uh, so I, I instantly looked at Zoom networking, uh, had a really good think about how to approach it and, and realised that you couldn't just take a, a physical meeting and put it online. You had to change it and adapt it. Um, and and the, the model is ever so straightforward. I, I try and bring 40 people together and in one hour we have, uh, everybody has a minute to present their business. A couple of people get five minutes to do an educational talk and we even squeeze in a three minute tea break halfway through so that everyone can <laughs> refill their brews. Um, and at the end of the hour, uh, no one has sold anything. Everyone's presented their business. Um, and, and then the next step is really when the networking can start, because that's when I send out an attendee list. I connect people as much as I can on, say, LinkedIn so that they can continue those relationships. Um, and the idea is if we can just keep doing that and build that micro community of businesses that are positively trying to work together and support each other, that's not a bad thing to do. Um, and so I'm now doing that every week and, and we're having great fun doing that. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of positivity uh, coming out of those meetings that if you watch the news, there's nothing positive at the minute at all. So it's quite nice to have an hour where there's something upbeat uh, quite energetic, quite dynamic, and, and quite positive for, for everyone's business. I think it's really important. I mean, I've re- I've really pared down the amount of news that I'm watching at the moment because, yeah. particularly morning news, because I'd find if I get up and look at the statistics and everything else in the morning and most of the news is about the, the current um, problems, that um, it sets my day off to such a bad start. I do yeah. keep keep on track with... I dip into it occasionally, but to have something upbeat, I mean, I've, um, I'm really working hard to get fairly upbeat interviews for the podcast because I think it's important that we put something, we put good news out just to balance it yeah, up, really. Very much mm. so. I, I mean, uh, two articles that I personally wrote uh, last week, one was how to actually make your first Zoom call a successful call. Uh, because it's new to a lot of people. And it was new to me just a few weeks ago. Uh, but I, I've sort of distilled as much information as I can get and just put it into one article uh, to make it easy for people to get. Um, the other one that I wrote um, just over the Easter weekend, actually, was uh, about how to market a business in the middle of a downturn, like the the, the lockdown that we're in at the minute. Um, and of course, that's really where my passions lay is with the marketing and the sales aspect. It still do. I love it. But my interest now is to help others make sales and, and to drive their marketing efforts. And so it, it's things like that that I can do that is it's genuinely positive. Um, that, that There are some fairly blunt messages in that article because the truth is very few people are actually buying things right now. So you can't market a business and make sales right now, but what you can do is market a business and build your brand and build your reputation mm. and build your credibility. Um, and it, it's, you know, I'm very lucky. I can step back from it because I'm not trying to run a business or uh, uh, rescue a business. So I can take the time to step back and go, 
okay, come on, I'm supposed to understand sales and marketing. What would I actually be doing if I was given the time and the thought process to, to really study it and think about it? And then I can share that information with people. And one of the, the, the beautiful things that have, has happened over the, tenure, over the, uh, the three years that I've been running this is the email list that I send to has just consistently grown week on week on week. Um, and so I'm now, when I send an email out every week, um, it goes to 10,700 Yorkshire business people. And that, that just means, I, you know, potentially I'm positively trying to help and support 10,000 people with good advice, without charge, without a, a motive, without an intention to try and sell them anything, but just to try to, to boost them a little bit and give them some positivity. And that's, that's a great thing to do. You know, it makes me feel good about it. Uh, and the feedback I get from people is, is always very kind and generous. So, yeah, have a lot of fun. Hmm. No, it is. It, it is. It is a, a really good thing to be doing. And I think the feeling that you are um, contributing at this time, I know that there, are, there seem to be a contrast in the sort of information that's put out at the moment that some people are heavily pushing sales hmm. and some people, some some that I'd actually thought we're okay in the past i'm thinking oh you know no this is this is just it just feels so wrong yeah i i had thoughts about about something i was going to be doing business wise that i've completely put on hold because it's just not on now it really the, isn't the, the time yeah the, the current environment uh you would be absolutely crazy to take on something new or to start thinking about taking on new contracts or new you know anything of, of, of substance would, would be madness because we don't actually know how long it's going to last we don't know uh when it does come to an end what damage has been done to the economy because unquestionably the economy is going to be in in a different state um so the world is going to have to find a new normal at some point in the future but all that's terribly vague and while it's so vague you can't go and market a business and make sales and, and I'm with you I, I've had some some corkers uh, recently of people trying to do direct sales um, and you just look at them and go what on earth are you thinking trying to mm -hmm. to push a, a cheesy old sales message at mm -hmm. a time like this no one's buying uh, so maybe you know this is the wrong style but uh, there we go. Again, you know, if I can influence people and, and do it in mm. a nice way and give them some some sensible, clear thinking, then that's a, mm. a good thing. And it, it's something I should uh, try and do more. I think certainly the brand awareness. I think you can't yeah. just sit back and go, well, hands up. I can't do anything now. I'm just not going to do anything and um, and not still keep out in the public eye. I think you still have to be. Um, you, you've got to be seen to be yes. still around, still around, as you say, brand awareness. Because without that, yeah. I think you, you've, we will have taken too many steps back to actually start up again. Afterwards. Well, that, that's the issue: is if you aren't actually maintaining mm. a, a level of noise uh, and keeping your your name out there and keeping your message out there, whether it's a, it's your personal name or a business name, it doesn't matter. If you're not doing that and maintaining it, and I think that's what we should be doing, is, is focusing on some sort of maintenance uh, of your marketing strategy and your branding. Um, if you don't do that, you're essentially saying to the world, I'm not trading. Um, mm. And people are fickle. Uh, it's just true. It is, 
you have to be in someone's mind on a regular basis to be remembered by them. Uh, if you're not in, the, in their mind, when we come out of lockdown and when this, this crisis ends, um, you are essentially relaunching a business from the very beginning. And that takes time. We all know that that takes time. Whereas if you've been maintaining it and keeping it bubbling away, you're there and you're able to launch things. And, and certainly one of the, um, the elements of the article I wrote over the weekend was to, to start getting people to think about a strategy for returning to normal business. Um, mm. We can all do stuff that is not direct selling, but that is preparing to make a direct sale um, or preparing to do some direct marketing uh, as and when we come out of lockdown. We can have all that preparation done now so we can do really positive things and really constructive things to, to influence our strategy. Just don't press send yet or don't, you know, don't put the stamps on the envelopes yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are things that we can do. Uh, doing nothing to me is essentially putting up a white flag and, and admitting defeat. Uh, mm-hmm. And also it is jeopardizing the, your own ability to come back to business later. So I think it would be a dangerous thing to do. I th- I've noticed, I mean, obviously people have got more time, but I have noticed from the yeah. podcasting that there seems to be more demand. I'm thinking I probably ought to be doing a bit more, but I'm trying. <laughs> I'm also trying to do some online courses, which I thought, well, now is a perfect, perfect opportunity for education, isn't it? To try and so. improve, yeah. improve what you're doing. But um, I was surprised when you told me that you were not very experienced in, in uh, the use of Zoom. I must look that article out, actually. Um, uh, no, where, I... Whereabouts is it? Is it Where's on what, the Cahas, the article that you that you'd written about um, Zoom meetings? Where is uh, that? It's in the marketing area. Do you want me to send you a link to it? Please, if you if don't I mind. Can, <laughs> you can perhaps put it in, in in the notes of the podcast or something. So I can put anything at all that you want me to in the notes. Okay. Well, within well, within I'll, reason, I'll obviously, link, Stuart. Of course, hmm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, I'll send you a link. And the, the I mean, if you just go to the website and do a search for Zoom, you, you'll hmm. soon come across the article. Um, but it, no, I'm new to Zoom. I, the first time I, I installed it was three weeks ago. Um, and I, I, I studied it because my approach is always to try to understand something before I deal with it. Um, uh, so in the past, when I've, I've been a, a cheesy old salesman, I've needed to take something to bits and rebuild it before I can go and sell it because I need to understand how it works and, and what the componentry is. Um, mm. And Zoom it is just an online version of the same thing. I needed to understand it. So I looked at a lot of uh, tutorials. I looked at a lot of articles that aren't put together by Zoom because Zoom, of course, are always going to tell you how amazing it is. And I wanted to understand what the flaws in it are. Uh, that There's some press attention at the minute to Zoom not being as secure as it could be. I'm struggling to see that. Passwords are hackable. So it comes down to how secure a password you set. Uh, to allow someone into a Zoom meeting. Um, so there's, there's things you can do to make sure that Zoom is, is as reasonably mm-hmm. safe as it can be. Um, and if it, all we're trying to do is have conversations, I, I think Zoom's fine. Uh, so, yes. yeah, I, just, I read, I understand, I try and, try and get my head around the, 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 the thing that I'm uh, wanting to use. And only once I understand it do I launch it. So I, I probably spent about a week really reading about zoom and understanding other people's attitudes to it before i started going all right 
I'm going to run some Zoom meetings myself. Um, but yeah, you once you get your head around it, it's fairly straightforward. I really like it because yeah. um, for me, any well, the the amount of time it would have taken for me to come to sorry i'm not sure are you are you living in leeds or near leeds anyway no, I, i'm I, i'm in uh huddersfield well i'm in slawit uh which uh, i got told off horribly for uh when i called it slaveway uh so no it's slawit oh is that is uh, that how that's pronounced yeah, wow yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> but, so okay yeah although uh, despite my uh, background and the fact that my family come from the next valley i'm still a comer in it of course uh hmm. but you know that's just normal Yorkshire uh, things, but uh, yeah, I live and, and work from a, an office in Slough. Um, But you can't call yourself Yorkshire powerhouse and not uh, accept that Yorkshire, Yorkshire is your yes. So yeah, I'm mm. you know I'm Yorkshire through and through and, and uh, adore the place. Yes, well, um, for me, if I was coming to interview, I mean, I've I've interviewed. Oh. I think furthest afield would be Sheffield, but you know that was like. Um, I did two interviews that particular day, but that was about a year ago now. But there's a lot involved, not only the the time involved to get to go there, but the cost factor, and it's a yeah. whole day. So yeah. this is this yeah. is fabulous. It is wonderful. And I, I think people are going to accept... Uh, they're, they're being forced into using technology at the minute. Mm. And what will come of that is that people will realise that some of it is good and some of it's not so good. Um, certainly one of my... Uh, my views is that when we are back out of the lockdown, um, I will uh, recommence the physical networking meetings because uh, there is nothing better than meeting someone face to face and shaking a hand uh, and not having to worry about social distancing. Um, mm. But uh, when you look at, and I'm not going to get, I don't particularly do environmental stuff. Um, but when you look at the environmental impact of 40 people all travelling to a location um, and spending their time and then travelling away again afterwards, that's an awful lot of CO2 and, and um, wasted time uh, when actually uh, an hour on Zoom and you haven't had to travel anywhere, you haven't destroyed any flowers, everything's great, um, mm. and you've had a reasonably similar experience uh, I think that's quite a positive. So certainly my goal is, is to return to physical meetings, but probably intersperse and alternate between a physical meeting and a Zoom meeting to create that balance between the two. Um, and I think there are benefits of both. Hmm. I was hoping that you were going to say that, that you were going to continue with the Zoom yeah. meetings as well, because I'm yeah. up at the northern end of uh, North Yorkshire, being up in the Yorkshire Dales here. So yeah. quite a distance, really, to get to you. Just just out of um, interest there, then, I'm not Yorkshire. Obviously, my accent's not Yorkshire. But I moved into, my parents have moved to Yorkshire. I'm going over 30 years ago now. And I came here from living in Australia at that point back here with the idea of just having a, a couple of um, a couple of years possibly where I, I currently live. I'm still in the same village, yeah. in a different house, in the same village, and it's more than 30 years and I cannot imagine living anywhere else. No. I absolutely love it. Hence the, uh, the podcast even is Inside Yorkshire because I've fallen in love with the place. Yeah, and it, it, th there are so many things to love about Yorkshire. It, it, mm. And... Uh, to me, the, the I am I always swing back to business because I love running business. I love the energy of business, and I, I, I think business is amazing. Uh, 
I didn't realise, because my dad's a bank manager and my mum ended up working in the bank as well, I, I, there was no enterprise in my family until I realised uh, that my granddad was a milkman, which is a self-employed uh, person mm-hmm. uh, and one of the hardest workers going. Um, he then became a cooperative insurance salesman, which again was a self-employed status. My, my uncle, who, who lives in Denbydale, uh, ran his own uh, building and, and joinery business for many years. Uh, and you start looking through the family and its enterprise all the way. Uh, and if you actually go wider than, than that, Yorkshire has an amazing enterprising culture. Um, Yorkshire folk, uh, you go back to the weavers' cottages where you know an, an individual family was essentially a business on its own, serving the mills. Um, the, the, the enterprise culture of Yorkshire is stunning. Mm. Uh, but we don't seem to want to channel it. And that's d- d- frustrating to me because um, mm. I, I can't see why you wouldn't. Um, and so all, all these these grand plans of the Northern Powerhouse and the local enterprise partnerships and all these sort of things, they don't seem to, to do anything for um, the, the, the common entrepreneur who, who just wants to run a solid business and support his family or her mm. family. Uh, and I, that frustrates me. So that, you know, that, that's it for me. Uh, when you can cope with that as a concept, that's when you understand Yorkshire folk, because that's all we want to do is look after mm-hmm. our own, you know, and, and if I can do my, my little bit towards that, then I, I'm doing all right. I'm happy with life. Yes, well, you're certainly doing that. I would, I would say, definitely can applaud what uh, I've not really known you for long, but um, first impressions certainly. And I have to thank, um, well, the combination actually. I did see you yeah. on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, but I was given you as a contact by um, Keith Maidley, Mr. Yorkshire, Mr. who Yorkshire. I interviewed interviewed not so long ago. Yes, I know. So, yeah. um, he's given me quite a few contacts, and the connections are ongoing now. It seems to just be spreading out, which is brilliant. Keith is an amazing man to know. And uh, if you ever want to understand personal branding, just look at Keith and and Mm -hmm. have a look at what he's up to and how he's approached his sort of title of Mr. Yorkshire. I mean, he even walks around in a pinstripe suit where the, the, the pinstripe says Yorkshire in it. Uh, when, so, when I met when I met him and he said to me something about there's Yorkshire in the stripe and yeah. I didn't like to peer more closely no, to it, see but the, the word the stripe, is actually written the word in the is stripe. Yorkshire. Yeah, it's just repeated and that's what creates I, I the thought stripe. so yes yeah. yes so, I didn't get I didn't get close enough to spot that I was curious yeah. I must no, admit is it, Keith is a splendid gentleman uh, but uh, of course that and that is the point of Yorkshire it, there are a lot of splendid gentlemen there are some wonderful eccentrics uh, and uh, the, there's just this great culture of good quality business people mm. uh, and, and I think it's a wonderful county to, to operate a business in we have great fun it is and a spade's a spade isn't it really <laughs> unless it's <laughs> a won- shovel yeah don't you? unless it's a shovel <laughs> well yes what you see is what you get anyway Very definitely so. yeah, I and found that I hope there's a degree of that in how I'm operating because mm. the, the culture of Yorkshire, that bluntness, that directness, is actually a positive thing. Um, mm. it, it does occasionally upset folk when they're told something straight. Uh, I, I, and I'm afraid that's just the way mm. it is. Uh, there are some people uh, that are, I, I hear from who have terrible business plans. Um, and unfortunately, when they tell their friends and their family their friends and their family are too polite to say anything to them. 
if they come to me and they've got a, a really awful business plan, I won't tell them it in a rude way, but I will tell them that the plan needs some work and that, that they're at risk of being another statistic. Um, and that directness is often something that's, that's positively welcomed. And I normally uh, put a caveat in my comments to say, look, I'm, I, I might end up offending you here, but that's not the intention. Um, but I do want to tell you straight so that you get the message and that it's not, I'm not dressing it up around something. So uh, that, that directness and that, that uh, clear message is a great aspect of Yorkshire. It is, and it can go one way or the other for you. I found that by, I mean, I am, nor I am Northern. I'm from Northumberland originally, but um, uh, I think I've already, I've already got that, um, that trait in my personality, and I know. Yeah, and I, I've been accused over the years of, of being a, a Mr. Marmite. You know, some people love it. Occasionally yes. someone doesn't. And, and you know, it, as long as it's never, if you upset someone, that, that's never an intention, or certainly for me, mm. it's never an intent. Um, it's always well meant, um, but sometimes if you're telling someone something that they didn't want to hear, uh, they can choose to be offended by that message. Whether it yes. was meant with offence or not is irrelevant. So, mm. yeah, it happens. <laughs> it happens, one of those things. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's been a really interesting chat, Stuart. I'm glad to have had the opportunity to get you get to know you a little better and no doubt i'll see you on the next uh, on the next zoom meeting we will be zooming in due course i'll look forward to seeing you again okay that's great so thank, thank you, you very Z. much Stuart. this thank is you. susan now signing out from inside yorkshire <laughs>